Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Renaming. Better Tumul is your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Bruce Pollard is in the house. <coughs> wow, that one kind of went not too well. Bridge MCP is in the house. And of course, we have our beautiful Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. Melanie Keaton is in the house. May Wood is in the house. Uh, let's see, Ken Masestaki. Miguel Rodnan, Michael Rodnan is in the house. Michael, how are you feeling? I mean, you got to give us an update. Let me, oh, still feeling out of it. Got a COVID test, came back negative. This keeps up another day. Time for a doctor visit. Yes, sir. It sounds to me like you may have the flu, but you know, we are, we are pushing on for you, Michael. We were concerned about you yesterday, uh, but please keep holding down the fort. You take care of numero uno. I hope you I hope you get better quickly. Take that vitamin C, of course. Uh, Bridge says hello, peeps. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Um I tell you, there's 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 one piece I'm playing from President uh, Biden today, and I'm gonna start doing this. Since the mainstream media is not allowing P- Americans to understand all the, the great things that were done with these different programs, mind it, I think we needed to do a lot more. But given the structure of neoliberals and the Republicans, I am still excited with what actually got done. And what actually got done was quite a bit. And today, better than anyone else, uh, Brother Biden was able to not toot his own horn, but tell Americans exactly what he has accomplished under the guise of, you know, of what, what he's accomplished. So we're going to play that today. Lee Grant is in the house. Hey, y'all, he says. All right, let's start with Brother Rodnin. Axios, U.S. has evidence of Iranian troops on the ground. I just saw that in Crimea. Uh, U.S. State Department says there's abundant evidence Russia is using Iran drones in Ukraine. ABC News, U.S. Iranian troops in Crimea backing Russian drone strikes. The White House says the U.S. Uh, has evidence that, that uh, Iranian troops are directly engaged on the ground in Crimea, supporting Russian drone attacks on Ukraine's infrastructure and civilian population. Russia is providing yet again that they are no longer the second strongest military, not even the third strongest What's going on in Ukraine is a horror. Martial law, drone strikes on civilian infrastructure, destruction of the power grid, ensuring Ukrainians will die for cold during the winter. Putin's continued nuclear threats. I think it is time to start blowing up some of the Russian infrastructure just so that uh, the same pain that's been inflicted on the Ukrainians will occur on Russians as well. Uh, Nuclear war is going to blow right back into Russia. So I don't think... I am starting to give least, less and less credence to Russia being crazy enough to launch a nuclear war because the blowback is going right back into Russia. Anyway, continuing. Esquire magazine. We knew Trump was lying about voter fraud. Now a judge finds that he knew it too. District Court Judge David O'Carter found that several documents between Trump's allies uh, mo- must be... Uh, um, must be made public as they show that the group participated in a known misrepresentation of voter fraud numbers in Georgia when seeking to overturn, overturn the election results in the federal court. The emails show that President Trump knew that the specific numbers of voter fraud was wrong, but continued to tout the numbers both in court and in public. Carter wrote, the court finds that these emails are sufficiently related to and furtherance of conspiracy defraud in the United States. In the Wednesday filing, Carter concluded that the collective documents that Trump legal team currently 
make clear that President Trump filed certain lawsuits not to obtain legal relief, but to disrupt or delay the January 6th congressional proceedings through the courts. Trump has no has a long record of lying, doubling down on his lies and focusing on appearances uh, on appearances more than substance. And despite all damage he's caused to our nation and people, Trump probably still cares uh, more about embarrassed by his loss than anything else. Interestingly, again, he signed a legal document fraudulently. That alone means Trump is going to jail. Some sorry to jail, but he's going to jail. New York Times, the latest outlast Liz Truss. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Liz Truss, inspired by a columnist turned on phrase, the Daily Star, a British newspaper tracked whether the embattled prime minister could survive longer than off-the-shelf produce. This marks the end of the shortest reign of a British prime minister in their history, in which a majority of Day's uh, office were part of their government closure. Let's hope they get wise and elect a Labour Party pick. Well, they're not going to start with the Labour Party. They're going to try to hush, hurry up a, a prime minister in. If that doesn't work, eventually we'll get a general election. And then the Labour Party is a shoe-in for that election, just like progressives would be a shoe-in if we could get our act together here in the United States. All right, let's continue scrolling down to see. Maywood said, that's a reply, this guy just plain loco selling more reserves when it's only for the political purpose, which has already been decided, Joe. Whoa, single-handedly take down America in less than two years. Um, I, you must be on a different planet, Eric. I'm sorry to tell you. You really are on a different planet. There's a lot that was done under under uh, El Senor Biden and it it, it 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 proves that you have a lack of credibility for not saying that if I it, and well I'm going to play a piece by by uh, this guy that's going to enumerate all the things that he's done and everything that he has done was necessary so you can keep saying that the only reason I'm responding to you on this one is those that are going to be listening to this message and podcast I want them to understand that uh, folks like brother Eric Hayes here. Uh, they are, it's not about them not being objective. You know, there's a point that you can be subjective and not objective. It's about you looking at reality and some way you're wired in the mind that you choose not to see it. It's called willful ignorance, right? It's where you block out your mind from the, the intelligent mind that you have from actually functioning intelligently. So, Right now, that was not an intelligent statement based on facts at all. All right. Concerned, I mentioned at the end of the day before yesterday, live stream, that I wouldn't be around yesterday. Yes, I, I heard. I heard, but we were still concerned. Hey, if you're not there, we're still concerned, brother. I dropped you a line as well. Um, come on. People care about you around here. This is a family. If Eric Hayes gets sick, if, 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 if Bridge MCP gets sick, we're going to be checking up on you. We will. Bridge MCP says, Haiti calls for help at the UN as world's most assistance. The United States and Mexico say they are preparing a UN resolution that would authorize an international assistance mission to help improve security in a crisis uh, wrecked, wrecked Haiti. So desperately need humanitarian help. True. My COVID test from the city of department and check for influenza, which is flu, of course. Yes. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, okay, Eric Hayes. Nope, people are poor because of the policies 
look at the issues. Again, I, I do the numbers. You do the propaganda. I know I know better. Uh, Bridge MCP said, doesn't Texas want fingerprint children in case they cannot recognize them if dead? Uh, we have a lot of crazy things here, Bridge. But let me tell you the biggest thing in Texas. Uh, brother Trump is coming to Texas. The thug-in-chief, the former thug-in-chief is coming to Texas, Donald Trump. And guess who's running away from Texas? The governor of Texas is not going to be anywhere around when Donald Trump is in Texas. You would normally think these proud folks would come and join Donald Trump as Donald Trump visits Texas. But Governor Abbott, he's heading to hell out of town when, te- when, when Trump is here. He doesn't want to be seen on the same stage with Trump. Not even in Texas, man. Is that funny or what? Anyhow, Lee Grant says Stacey Abrams claims we can fight inflation via abortion. She never said that, but that sounds like something you would say, my brother. Still love you, though. Business Insider, Biden tries again to lower gas prices and slams all companies for raking in profits while a war is... You know, by using the strategic reserve, he's strategically forcing prices down when they claim it's a shortage. There's no shortage for real, right? The country sitting on the largest pool of oil is Venezuela. Let me tell you guys how evil this this, uh, country is. Venezuela is a socialist country. Does it have a lot of corruption? Yes. America is a capitalist country. Does it have a lot of corruption? Yes. Does America have less corruption than Venezuela? No. The corruption in America is sanitized. The, the corruption in Venezuela is raw. Now, the difference, though, is this. Venezuela says the oil on that ground belongs to all Venezuelans, and they have the largest known reserves of oil on planet Earth. Venezuela does. I repeat, Venezuela has the largest store, meaning discovered oil, on the planet right now. And it is sitting there, right? So anytime they tell you about oil shortages, remember the collusion that occurs here. Saudi Arabia is a violent country that cut the limbs off of people. Women have no rights. All that kind of stuff occurs in Saudi Arabia. You don't hear a lot of us complaining about why are we buying, allowing Saudi Arabia to put its oil on the market and all. We, we don't have a problem with that, right? Because they have an oligarchy, right? But Venezuela, who is nominally a socialist country where everything will go through the government, right? We ain't going to have any of that. So therefore, we are not going to drill or we're not going to allow, we're going to put all these restrictions on, 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 on uh, Venezuela because if that oil belongs to the people, and Venezuela gets to put all the oil in the market it wants to because it has the ability to put any amount of oil on the market it wants to because it has more oil than anybody else. It would make the Venezuela Socialist Republic the most powerful socialist republic in the world, right? And all its people would be benefiting from the oil. So what do the Western countries do? We got to cripple that country because we cannot have 
a socialist country successful with its natural resources, giving all its people the ability to have a life based on the resources in that country. So therefore, we cripple it. And then, oh, but here's the funny thing about it. It's not just Venezuelans that suffer. It's the rest of the world that suffers. Because whereas supposedly there's an oil shortage, and by the way, as far as I'm concerned, I don't mind an, an, an oil shortage to start getting us to break away from oil. But to show you how evil these guys are, they won't allow the largest amount of oil on the market because it must not be done under a socialist regime. I want you to understand the, the global impact of that and the socioeconomic impact of that. Even if you're a Venezuelan who hate Maduro, and I can understand that. Maduro is a crook. Maduro is, uh, swipes money. Maduro does all those things. You're right. But it's no different than what our corporations do here in the United States of America. At least some of that oil money was going to create to all those poor people that started to form their businesses. We... Uh, Hugo Chavez took his people out of poverty. The plutocracy didn't like it, so they always try to raise prices from the factories and all of that. And then he would say, okay, you raise prices, I nationalize that factory for screwing the Venezuelan people. Right? Free enterprise should be fine. You should do as you please as long as it's fair to the people of the country. But then... Hugo Chavez died, kind of a suspect death, but Hugo Chavez dies, right? And Maduro, who doesn't have the charisma, the competency, or anything that Hugo Chavez had? Because, look, when Hugo Chavez was in power, Brazil was following Hugo Chavez, meaning Lula. Argentina wanted to follow Chavez because he had all that money. Chile wanted to get in bed with Chavez. Ecuador, Peru, all these guys, they were, it was getting so powerful that they were about to establish a, a conjunto there, so much so that America constantly tried to create the Lima group, El Grupo de Lima, to undercut anything that the remnants of the, 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 Boliv the Bolivarian states would have created. We couldn't have that. You don't hear that in the news here. You don't hear that here. Or you don't hear it from the plutocrats or the Venezuelans who've been brainwashed by America as well. But again, here in America, if you say, oh, uh, this guy's a crook. Uh, he's a crook because he wants, the, he, wa he's, he, he wants the oil to belong to everybody, right? But here's the funny thing. In America, are our biggest crooks because the oil companies, they drill on public lands. They pay a fee for licensing fees for the land. And as they pulled oil out of the land, they used to have this stuff called depletion allowance. So in other words, you get the oil, you sell it for profit, and then you get a tax break because you're depleting the amount of oil in the ground that you took out to sell for free. Americans don't know that. It's the biggest ripoff there is on the planet. And it's on public lands, and nobody makes money. When they drill on private lands, people make money. They make a, they make a, a small, small, small royalty. But the oil company gets the bulk of it, and your royalties, whatever they have without a lot of expenses, people, 
we don't understand how, you see, in America, when I call it antiseptic slavery in America, when I talk about all these issues, I usually say we have learned how to do things nicely. We used to have slavery where we whip people, we slap them, we slice their balls off. We do all kind of bad, negative things to human beings, right? But it looks ugly. And you can't talk about being a democracy when you treat people like that overtly. So we learned how to do a better form of capitalism. And by the way, slavery is a form of capitalism, right? So here is the deal. We learned how to do a better form of slavery. Now, we used to have to clothe the slaves We used to have to house the slaves. We used to have to feed the slaves. We used to have to give health care to the slaves. Because remember, they're property. And you know your machines. You take care of your machines because your machines are making you money. Well, capitalism says, I'll up you one. I'll up slavery one. I won't make just a whole bunch of people with melanin slaves. I will up the ante. I can make just about... Everybody slaves now. And people don't like me saying this, but it's the truth. And guess what? This new kind of slavery, I don't have to feed you. I don't have to clothe you. I don't even have to give you health care. Because if you get sick and die, I throw you away and I just bring the next person in. And I have no responsibility at all for that antiseptic slave. You see, like I said, there's no more, there's no less corruption in America than there is in Venezuela. They're both corrupt. One just knows how to do it with class and antiseptically. One knows exactly how to do it. That's why they don't want unions because unions is a mitigating factor for antiseptic slavery. That's why they don't want Medicare for all, because Medicare for all or healthcare for all gives you freedom. It means you're no longer tethered to a company. If you feel you can do better on your own, you don't have to worry about a company not giving you healthcare. You don't have to worry about that because you know your taxes, all our taxes pay to ensure all of us have very good healthcare. Right? That is, people have to understand this. The reason why Republicans and neoliberals fight so hard to remove uh, things like good health care, family leave, and all these things is because if you give people more freedom, people will innovate and these big mega corporations won't exist. The excellence of the world, where you need big, huge companies, they would have to be chartered or done by the government like NASA and other things, right? They don't want that. That's freedom. So it's amazing how Republicans use the word freedom because all they talk about is gives very little freedom. What progressives talk about gives unlimited freedom for you to innovate, for you to create, for you to know that you can actually build your own without the dependency on the corporate state. They don't want that. 
They don't want that. They want that. When you read the Powell Manifesto, that was the biggest fear of the Powell Manifesto, the Powell Memo. They feared that Americans would get intelligent and ask the question, why am I working to allow others to take a, a big chunk of my labor, of my productivity, and live in the high tower as I do all the work? That has always that is their biggest fear that Americans start to think on their own that Americans don't Americans don't believe the crap that you've been taught about all the time like that somehow capitalism has something to do with democracy it has absolutely nothing China is a is a capitalist country Russia is a capitalist country they're all capitalist country. They're all, they all have a stock market where they fraction, where they capitalize businesses. Capitalism has nothing to do with freedom. It has nothing to do with any of those things that they like to speak about. But if we talk about it long enough, some people start to believe it. And that is where we have to go from. All right. Let me go ahead and read before I play uh, Brother uh, Biden, because this is important. Okay, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Amnesty International Saudi Arabia mass execution of 81 men shows urgent need to abolish the death penalty. Number of those executed were also convicted of charges such as disrupting the social fabric and uh, national cohesion and participating in and including sit-ins and protests, which describe acts that are pr uh, protected by rights of freedom expression. You see, that's what they do, right? If you start to, f to try to find your freedom, there's something wrong with you. BLM, Black Lives Matter, peaceful organization, right? I mean, uh, but do you, they, they, they look for the, the anarchists, they get infiltrated with anarchists or whatever, and oh, they put that stop on BLM, right? But then you have the January 6th thugs that go out there. Actually, they're, they're terrorists, really. The January 6th terrorists, and somehow they try to buy a pass for them, right? The reaction to corporate price gouging should always be windfall taxes and or nationalizing. I'm okay with corporations making a buck, but when they're making record profits while people struggle to afford it, it's time for government to step in. That's the purpose of we the people. Government stepping in just says we are stepping in, right? Uh, let's see what else. In America, there was a 50-year period where there was no boom and bust cycle, FDR, New Deal government. And there, there don't... A, a bust and bu a bust and uh, cycle. Uh, uh, what is it? A boom and bust cycle doesn't need to exist. It, if that if that is a constancy, it means you have a failed economic system. Uh, you have a failed economic system. Uh, let's see. Chaotix aid. It says capitalism has become more oppressive than any other force in the United States. Agreed, one hundred percent. Uh, Saudi Arabia is no friend of democracy. I agree with that as well. Lee Grant says, BLM peaceful except for the riots. No, I can explain that, but that, that's not for today. As Egberto speaks of U.S. fascist party redefining freedom, emperor um, defines democracy. Egberto is telling the truth. That's all I ever do. 
tell the truth. Uh, thank you, my brother, E2247. Michael Rodden says, nearly all of violence distributed to, uh, attributed to BLM were the result of police attacks against peaceful protesters and our counter-protester agitation. But really, can you imagine a peaceful protest against police brutality was met with more police brutality? Of course, that's what we had. Bridge MCP says, people were bust in for BLM protests. Yep, yep, yep. Multiple instances of BLM protests being undercut by white fascists. The duck that quacks says that. All right, let's go ahead. Before I, I played uh, brother uh, uh, President Biden, let me go ahead and tell you, I want to play Michael Steele because Michael Steele had a warning for Democrats that I want you guys all to see. Check it out. The former head of the Republican Party, Michael Steele, has a message for Democrats. I want you to listen to this because Democrats for a long time are saying Republicans are not running on anything. Republicans don't have a plan. Republicans don't have a policy. What are they going to do for the American people? You know what? What Michael Steele is saying is remember, just tell the American people what the Republicans say they're going to do. Listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Michael, one of the things the majority of Americans do feel good about has been our response to Ukraine, working with our NATO allies. And today, Kevin McCarthy suggested that a Republican-controlled House could oppose aid to Ukraine. Is that the new (laughs) GOP position and people are down with that? (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. I mean, it's just, here we go again. No, it it is true. It is true. We're not supporting Ukraine. Republicans don't want to support democracy and freedom. They like the the authoritarian bootstrapping by by um, Putin because that's what Trump wants. That's what Trump wants. We're all down. That's what Orban wants. We're all we're down with that. The hell with Ukraine. All right. So you put us in power and we may not support them because, you know, they're just way, way too much into this democracy thing. Folks, they're telling you, I mean, you t- you open this segment about, you know, Republicans not telling you, you know, what they're going to do. Yeah, they are. They've been telling us for months what they're going to do. They're going to do exactly what Kevin just said. Oh, we're likely to oppose more aid to Ukraine. Oh, guess what? We're likely to, uh, you know, have hearings on Hunter Biden. We're going to impeach Joe Biden. We're going to go through the lit. They've been telling us. I don't know what more you want. So y'all sit back and worry about the, the economy all day long. Meanwhile, the party you put in power is going to be putting its money, your money, into investigating the son of the president, trying to impeach the president, trying to relitigate uh, the past wrongs to Donald Trump and going after the January 6th committee. So just folks, this is not rocket science. I mean, I get I get the bottom line in how people are coming out of COVID and trying to recover. But look at what has happened to us, that you have one party saying, you know, what? these freedom fighters, what are you going to do about the women, the, the young women in Iran? I guess we don't care about what's happening to them either. People who are standing up for democracy around the globe while the United States recesses, retreats. I just y'all need to get it together because y'all about to mess this thing up three weeks from tonight. Now, that is clear. I love the way uh, Michael Steele ends it. You guys are about to mess up three weeks from tonight. 
The truth of the matter is you don't have to. We have the time, we have the momentum, and we have the people to go out there and make sure America sees exactly, again, I repeat, exactly what they have planned for you. The plans that they have, one, we're not going to support democracy. Two, we are going to start looking about Sub, ending Social Security, Medicare as we know it. Three, we are going to not respect elections anymore. Four, and I can go on and on and on and on, including, guess what? Putting the entire world's economy at risk by blackmail, trying attempting to blackmail Biden and, and, and a Democratic Senate into cutting all those programs or else no, no increase in the debt, debt ceiling. You know something, folks? I think we call their bluff. But first of all, I think what we do is make sure and go out there and vote to ensure that we don't allow these guys to destroy economies. These guys are nuts. And for the people who are voting for them, who think that they are somehow looking out for their interests, uh, you're, you're smoking something. It is important this election that you vote, that you vote from the top of the ticket down to the bottom of the ticket, and you don't vote for any of these political terrorists, because that is what they are, political terrorists. You listen to Carol Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona. What does she say? Uh, it, it, it'll only be a valid election if she wins. And so many of them are saying that even here in our local contest in, in, in Harris County, Texas, we have Republicans singing the same song. The, the election is only valid if we win. Well, you know what? We need to ensure that they lose. And after they lose, take power with a vengeance. That is what needs to be done. We, that is absolutely what needs to be done. All right, folks, let's go ahead and play some uh, El Señor Biden. I really want to get this out because I am I, my, my duty right now, but for the next 18 days that's left here, is to make sure I can inform as many Americans as possible the success. Forget about, in, don't for, you can't forget about inflation. Inflation is terrible. But the cause of inflation is from the Republican benefactors. We showed you that yesterday where we showed uh, Katie Porter pointing out the fact that the greedy, evil, thuggish corporations decided to tack another 4.2%, over 4.2%, because they, 54% of the inflation rise is their increase in profits. We actually showed that, and that's not conjecture. That's a fact. And the fact that some of my right-wingers here uh, don't go ahead and hold a, a corporations accountable proves exactly the fact that I speak about all of the times, and that is simply that folks don't, uh, they're not vo voting their pocketbook. They're completely and entirely indoctrinated. But here we go with Brother Biden. For too long, we talked about building the best economy in the world and the best infrastructure in the world. We talked about asserting America's leadership. We started about the best and the safest roads, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more. But now... No, we didn't do it. We we're finally getting to it. We're getting it done. We finally decided that instead of being ranked number 13 in the world, 13 in the world, the United States, 13 in the world in infrastructure, we should be ranked number one. Yeah. So instead, 
instead of infrastructure weak, which is a punchline for four years under my predecessor, it's infrastructure decade, a headline on my watch. Well, to help your members of Congress here today, I signed into law a once-in-a-generation investment in roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more. Over a billion two hundred, a trillion two hundred billion dollars. It's called the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. And it's the most significant investment in American infrastructure, roads, bridges, et cetera, than Eisenhower's since Eisenhower's interstate highway system. Pennsylvania alone has already received $5.2 billion just this year for hundreds of projects across the Commonwealth. And that's just announced another $2.5 billion to fix and upgrade Pennsylvania's roads and bridges. And there'll be billions more for other projects. Let me tell you why this matters. When I was here in January, I told the governor that we'd help and we'd be helped rebuild this bridge behind us as fast as we possibly could. That day, the governor moved and signed an emergency order that let us move separate federal funding as quickly as possible to the project. The reason we could do that is because I just signed the infrastructure law a few months earlier. But had we waited for that money, it would have taken longer. The governor knew he could count on the new law to fund other projects to ensure the projects he already had started for infrastructure in the state would not be slowed down in the process. The result, Pennsylvania has been able to repair Fern Hollow Bridge in less than a year. And by Christmas, God willing, we'll be walking. I'm coming back to walk over to sucker. <laughs> Although my, my staff said to me, you realize how many times you've been to Pittsburgh? I said, no, I said, 19. I said, but Bobby, don't tell them it's Scranton. Don't tell them it's Scranton. All right, anyway, but we, it's being done in record time. Normally, you'd be looking at two to five years to build a bridge like this, literally. And the total project costs $25 million, fully paid for by the federal government. And by the way, by the way, in the process of that, not a single penny of that money was, has cost anybody making under 400 grand in the nation to pay a penny more in taxes. And by the way, in the process, we also cut the deficit in this process nationally by a trillion four hundred billion dollars just this year. So, Gov, the fact is, it wouldn't happen without you, Gov. It wouldn't ha no, it wouldn't have happened at this time. That's that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. And you're working so hard to get it done. I want to thank you. This really matters. Folks, folks in the neighborhood relied on this bridge, the walking path underneath, to commute to work, to take their kids to school, to run errands, to stay connected to other neighbors like Squirrel Hill and, the, and, and Waterfront in Oakland. And below the bridge, Frick Park is, is going to be fixed up when this is done. to better than it was, hiking paths, new seating areas. This bridge was built initially in 1901. It was rebuilt in 1970. These guys behind me know that. None of them were here then, I don't think. But uh, the fact of the matter is, now it's a modern bridge of the 21st century with four lanes for vehicle traffic, a path for cyclists and pedestrians. This project, this project has supported over 100 jobs, good paying construction union jobs. Laborers, carpenters, cement masons, so many more. 
The contractor delivering this project, by the way, has been a company that's been owned by the same family for four generations. A union company since 1930s that built our roads and our bridges, building during the New Deal, during Eisenhower's interstate highway system, and now the bipartisan infrastructure law. But, you know, this is one bridge also tells a broader story. There are nearly 45,000, say it again, 45,000 bridges across this country in poor condition. In Pennsylvania alone, there are 3,100 bridges, 7,500 miles of highway in poor condition. As I was talking to your person, Gov, also, we're going to get the railroad going, too. I'm a rail guy. Anyway, Pittsburgh's a city of bridges. But too many of them are in poor condition like this bridge behind me before it collapsed. With the bipartisan infrastructure law, we're doing something about it. This is just one of 2,400 bridges across the country that are being repaired just this year because of this law. For example, the Allegheny County works underway to repair the bridges of the Boulevard of the Allies. Not just bridges, though. Just outside of Pittsburgh, we're investing $850 million to replace and expand a 100-year-old Montgomery Locks and Dam. That's critical to the nation's economy. And I mean, we're investing, that investment is going to increase the capacity of this system, the locks, over 50% at a critical choke point in the river. That means we're going to be able to move an additional 14,000 barges every year, saving the equivalent of having to have 1 million hauls on tractor trailers to get the same material to where it has to go. These savings are going to allow the locks to be more efficient and move 10 billion tons of goods like coal, petroleum, and steel. As a consequence, we're lowering the cost of transporting these materials, but just as important, just as important, we're going to reduce emissions that could come from the trucks and trains hauling it over through by reducing by 3.5 million tons of CO2 a year. Three point cutting pollution in the air we breathe. This is good for the economy and the environment and public health. And Bobby, I promised you, he'd been on my back to get this done for since I got elected president. Don't forget the lockdown. So I just think, I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but so long as I, I couldn't say no. So uh, we get the money for the lock project done. I think we should call it Casey's Lock. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Bobby, you, you have been for a Scranton guy to worry about the locks in this side anyway. <laughs> in the Hill District of Pittsburgh. We're providing funding to revitalize the area by making sidewalks and streets safer for pedestrians and drivers and connecting communities that suffered for decades for lack of investment. And thanks to the infrastructure law, Pennsylvania can get $170 million over five years to build out the electric charging stations that are going to be available to all the electric vehicles that are going to be on the road. And that's just what we need because half of the new car sales in America are going to be electric by the end of this decade. My administration has recently approved Pennsylvania's plan, so the funds are available now so the IABW can start constructing these facilities. We're putting $20 million in the new 7,000-square-foot terminal at Pittsburgh Airport to include upgrades to the screening, security screening, baggage check system, so it's easier and more efficient to catch your flight. No one knows better than the people of Pittsburgh that there are thousands of uncapped or orphan wells, oil and gas wells, spewing methane into the air. 
these abandoned mines scattered throughout this area. It's a legacy left behind by the mining and oil and gas companies. When the wells and fields went dry, the companies left and, people, and left it for people of Pennsylvania to clean it up. Well, guess what? We're going to clean it up. Now my Department of Interior is sending Pennsylvania close to, and Connor, I know you worked on this, close to $350 million this year to cap the wells and reclaim the abandoned man, uh, mine lands and polluted waterways, creating good paying jobs in the process for the folks in the same communities that dug the wells in the first place. In addition, we're investing at least $100 million in Pennsylvania to get high-speed internet across the state, in every part of the state, urban, suburban, and rural. And no one's going to be left behind. 21% of Pennsylvania families don't have home internet connections. But never again should a parent have to drive their kid to a McDonald's parking lot and sit there to connect to McDonald's internet so they could do their homework. Not a joke. You saw it happening. In addition, there are over 150,000 lead service lines carrying water to homes and schools in Pennsylvania and over 7,000 in Pittsburgh. This impacts children's brain development. I mean, for real. It's a hazard to their health. You can't have this in Pennsylvania. We can't have this anywhere in America. Now Pennsylvania is going to get $87 million to replace these lead pipes because every person, every child in this country should have access to clean, safe drinking water. And by the way, these projects are going to create good paying, mostly union jobs. That's because I made sure the overwhelming majority of the funds in this infrastructure law are subject to Davis-Bacon prevailing wage requirements. I said when I ran, we're going to build a country from the bottom up and the middle out, not the top down. When the middle does well, the wealthy do very well. So this law is about more than rebuilding our infrastructure. It's about rebuilding the middle class. Something John knows a lot about and talks a lot about. But let me tell you, I'm a proud Delawarean, but Pennsylvania is my native state. It's in my heart. I can't tell you how much it means to me to be part of rebuilding this beautiful state. My grandfather, Finney Grimscrant, would really be proud of me right now. No, I'm not joking. He would. By the way, he's an All-American football player, John, in Santa Clara. You know, I started my campaign for president here in Pittsburgh because there's no better place to talk about rebuilding the backbone of America, the middle class. After I accepted my party's nomination, Pittsburgh was my first major stop. It's here that I laid out my vision for building a better America with better pay and dignity, dignity for working people, people who built this country. My dad used to say everybody, everybody should be treated with dignity no matter what they're, where they're from. Because here's what I know. For most of the last century, we led the world by a significant margin because we invested in our people, we invested in ourselves, we invested in our land. But along the way, we stopped doing that. But not anymore. We're back on track. When you see these projects in your neighborhoods, the cranes going up, shovels in the ground, I want you to feel the way I feel. Pride. Pride in what we can do when we work together. And that's what I mean when I say we're building a better America. And folks, let's get something straight. We managed to get some Republicans to vote for this, 13 in the House and 19 in the Senate. And I'm truly grateful for them. I mean it sincerely. But a whole lot more voted against it, but are taking credit for it now. You know, 
Well, you may have seen the news report on CNN describing Republicans who voted the infrastructure law after attacking me and Democrats for passing what they called socialism. Socialism. Well, now they're quietly and privately sending me letters. <laughs> Not a joke. My administration asked for money. Asked for that money. Talking about how important the projects in their district are and for America. I've got to say, I was surprised to see there's so many socialists in the Republican caucus. <laughs> but look, and I mean this sincerely, even, I, even if they voted against it, I promised when I ran I'd be a president for all the American people, everyone. We're building a better America together, even in districts or Congress who voted against this. They're going to get the money. And one last thing. This is all being done without raising anyone's taxes a penny if you make less than 400 grand. And we did it while cutting the deficit in half this year, in half. Let me close with this. It's been a rough four or five years in this country. For a lot of families, it's still kind of tough. But there are bright spots where America has reasserted itself, like here, where the best workers in the world are hard at work building a future, a better future for everybody. We're proving our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. We just have to keep it going. And we know we can. I have never been more optimistic about America's future than I am today. And I really mean that. Just remember, we got to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. We spend a lot absolutely so we are the United States of America. And the thing about it is... Um, there's one message I got that got me. Let's see. I've been uh, uh, somebody who said about the Democrats working for the corporations and the, their, their look. Let me tell you, progressives who are who caucus with the Democrats uh, pretty much force Democrats to do things that are good for all of us. Republican, Democrats, independent alike, everybody. So uh, it's through the Democratic Party that good things get done. Remember that. Uh, you have to remember folks like Manchin, who did what again? Think about Manchin. Manchin was the one who chose, well, we, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll talk to, to that some other time. We'll talk to that some other time. But anyhow, it is that time for me to go ahead and ask you to support our programming. You know, we work very hard to bring you all this stuff day in and day out. So here we go, my dear friends. Here we go. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either 
one time or monthly, go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics. Absolutely so, folks. And here are the books you can get as I see it. Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. It's How to Make America Utopia and... It's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Please go to politicsandright.com slash books and get your copy. Not only will you be, I promise you, you will be enlightened. I also promise you that you're actually helping us continue to promote the message, the real message that helped us all. Absolutamente so. That is what we are here for. Uh, hey, Robert Davenport is in the house. You're late, brother. Where have you been? We've missed you. And don't forget, please, support our blog, or rather, support our podcast. We just established a new, uh, uh, under Egberto uh, on the record, the idea behind this podcast is you have all our videos, all our, the, every, everything is right there in one place that you can access on Spotify, on the run, wherever you go. Hey, Michael Rudnan, I have another video to play that I'm going to do right now. Don't go yet. Um, okay, here you go. Um, here you go with the subscribe. That is how you subscribe to our uh, our thing. It's anchor.fm slash Egberto Willis slash subscribe. I want you to see this particular video. I really need you to see this, then I'll be right back. This morning on Morning Joe, Representative Son Patrick Maloney came on and he was there to defend the Democratic position. And in listening to this guy, it became immediately evident to me why Republicans are started to catch up again, why the generic poll is again a virtual heat. Some say they're up by four. Some says Democrats are up by four. I think it's a dead heat right now. But here's the thing. Most Americans cannot survive on Republican policies or they will do much worse. But here's the deal. If you want somebody to believe that you believe in your policy, you have to show that you believe itself and you have to show that those that are appealing to people are somehow going to really make their lives more difficult because that's what they're going to do. I want you to listen to this segment, uh, th th a part of this segment with uh, Joe uh, on Joe, Sc with Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe. And I want you to see Sean Patrick Maloney's response. I think it was a dereliction of duty in the way he framed it. And then I'm going to tell you how this Democratic message going on the attack from Republicans who are using inflation, crime, and immigration, beating the Democrats' head on their on, on immigration, crime, and inflation. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be allowed because those are arguments Democrats should win. Those are the arguments Democrats must win, in addition to all the other things that they've done successfully under the Biden administration, even with the pushback from the MAGA Republicans. So check this out. We'll take it on the other side. 
Sam Greenberg a couple of days ago, and I'm sure you saw this, he told Democrats, don't even think about talking about crime, because whether you're good on crime or not, if you bring it up, that turns the voters' attention to crime. So the question is, um, a lot of tough races out there, a lot of tight races. I know Republicans are targeting you. How do you handle the issue of crime when somebody says, oh, the woke DA does this or that? What's your response? Well, we have a plan to uh, increase public safety, um, and we're going to fund good policing. We voted to do that. We passed legislation to do that. We did it in the rescue plan. And we're also going to do something about gun violence. And let's remember, the MAGA crowd won't do anything while our kids are getting gunned down in their classroom. And so because so much of the problem with rising crime is gun violence, it's important that voters know we've got a plan to reduce gun violence. My opponent thinks teenagers should buy a assault weapons. I don't. That's a big difference. So we can we can address issues of concern to people. We understand kitchen table issues and the economy are always front and center for working class families and middle class families like the one I grew up in. We're also going to defend reproductive freedom, though. We're also going to we're also going to talk about issues that we know uh, voters are, are are really facing a choice on, because, of course, while we agree on bringing down costs and bringing down crime, we very much disagree with the MAGA Republicans on who should have the decision over reproductive freedom. We think it should be you. Yeah. They think it should be politicians. Listen to how he speaks. He speaks on, well, we are going to uh, do this. We have done this, etc. Americans are not feeling that. Let me tell you what you have to tell Americans. It has to be done on the assertive. Inflation is high because the, the people who support Republicans have added another 4% on inflation, as stated by Representative Katie Porter on the charts. That's a fact. Republicans are responsible for the problems on the border, not only because of policy, but because they have not effectively used it. We have a lot of employers in America that need people. There are a lot of people trying to fight to come in, but they won't allow immigration reform to come across. Therefore, the immigration problem is theirs. The inflation problem is theirs because if we could get more workers over in the fields and other areas, inflation would go down because the increase in prices wouldn't be there. They're responsible for inflation because of their benefactors. They're responsible for inflation because of their in in immigration tenants. And let's not talk about guns. They flood the market with guns. Republican pass laws indiscriminately allow just about anybody to have a gun. So that's why in Texas, you have the wild, wild west with shootouts and cars. That's why throughout red state America with liberal gun laws, we have more crime, more death. There's 40 percent more uh, death by guns in, in red states than there are in blue states. Increase in crime rates are caused by guns. And when Democrats try to get guns out of the hands of the people who it doesn't belong to, they come with the NRA and stop us from doing it. They are responsible. That's a fact. It goes on and on. They are responsible for the crime. Give us more senators. Give us more House members and watch how the crime rate falls. Watch how inflation falls. Watch how the problem with immigration is completely mitigated, but we need we need progressives in the fold. Bring us more, not bring these clowns in. Bring us more. That is how you fight. You do on the assertive. The fault 
the reason we're in the position today, it's because of Republicans. And the way to solve this problem, elect more Democrats so that we can get laws passed and not allow their obstruction to work. Absolutely. You don't allow the obstruction to work. We're close to the end of the show. I see Tom C. Welcome, Tom. I hadn't seen you before. Whoa, Michael Rudnan, Bridge MCP, E2247 are on fire today. And Michael Rudnan is sick today? Let's go progressives. That's why this is a final run. And this is where we actually talk to Americans, whoever they are. Red, blue, or otherwise, we talk to Americans, what's best for you? How are you going to win the best for your family? How are you going to do these things? That is what we are here for, including talking to our, our, our folks that have been indoctrinated by the right. Deborah Moyer says, I live in Pennsylvania. My morning newspaper title says a three-year-old shot a baby in the face and killed that child. Why do we need more guns? Deborah, 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 thank you. You're absolutely right, my dear beautiful lady. You're absolutely right. We have to pin the blame where it belongs. Bruce Pollard says, Bernie is an indie. So am I. Exactly right, Bruce. And you know what? Love you, brother, for being an indie. I am a progressive. I am a progressive who caucus with Democrats. I am an officer in the Democratic Party because I have to play my part for Bernie. Okay, when we had to, when, we, when, I, when they sent me to uh, Philadelphia, that's what we did. We had to support the policies of the persons we supported. Great, great, great. Let's see what else we got. Hey, I'm going to miss a whole lot of folks today. But I am just glad that you guys stayed here, stayed into the conversation, and made everybody else smarter. I'm glad to have Bruce in the house. I'm glad to have, uh, let me me just start naming people in the house because you guys are wonderful. The Duck That Quacks, Deborah Meyer, Robert uh, P. V. Davenport, E2247, Eric Hayes, Bruce Pollard, um, uh, Yvette Avery Herod, uh, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm scrolling up, so bear with me, I'm scrolling, and you know my eyes, Mike Csak, all of you guys in the house, one big family of Americans from every, every possible stripe. You don't have to agree with all the things we're saying. All I'm saying, when you get into that voting booth, there's a new name, Eucle- Euro something. I, I can't find you right now, but I really wanted to salute you because I don't remember seeing you in the house before. But I, I like to salute everybody. The duck that quacks, I hope I saluted you already. Uh, let's see. Who else is here? Who else? Lee Grant, I saluted my brother. Uh, let's see. Let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Uh, well, look, I, 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 we're about to end, but I, I want to make sure that I get name the people, name the folk. If I, if I didn't get to you, forgive me. Come back tomorrow. And, and say, hey, I want a shout out. And I will definitely give you a shout out. A uh, bunch of people in here and a bunch of messaging. You guys are great. Tom C., of course, is in the house. Tom C., great supporter as well. Uh, let's see. Rodnin in the house. Nanette Bird-Smith. I didn't see when you got in here, girl. Great. Nanette Bird-Smith is also in the house. Uh, let's see who else is in the house. Uh, para ver, para ver. E2247. Norman Reynolds is in the house. Como estas el mi hermano jamaicano? Uh, okay, who else am I missing? Ch- Chao Tix 80 
is in the house. That's a new one that I don't recognize. But there's another one, new one that I didn't recognize either that I would love to get to. But I'm going to close the show down now because I've got to get out of here. I have an interview with um, with Alex uh, Alex um, Alex from Social Security Works. Alex Lawson from Social Security Works today. So I'm going to see about. Um, I, I think I have a you. There we go. Euroclyde, Euroclyde, welcome to Politics Done Right, Euroclyde. There you go. I needed to find that. Anyhow, we have quite a bit more in here. Uh, but look, guys, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto. Let's see. Welcome, new PDR Posse members. Absolutely. Thank you, Robert Davenport, for calling them out. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.